Welcome to the Ellis Martin Report. During this broadcast, you will learn of potential investment opportunities involving publicly traded companies. These companies have paid us for exposure on this program. We ask that before you consider any possible investment choice, do your own research. You can begin the research process by visiting our website, ellismartinreport.com. I'm Ellis Martin. Greetings from Malibu, California, where I'm currently overlooking Zuma Beach and the Pacific Ocean in all of its majesty. It's not often that I offer an opinion or commentary on the show. I'm an interviewer asking questions of the experts, analysts, pundits, and company principals in the mining and biotech sectors. Every few years, though, I'll offer an opinion on the price of gold, whether it be high or low or an opportunity. I'm certainly not going to make any predictions of where I think the price should be in the future, and I'm talking about the price of gold. I do pay attention to trends, themes, and moods with regard to precious metals. I attend conferences, talk to companies every day. I don't consider myself an analyst. Those that do call themselves, that certainly can. Most of them make predictions, quote numbers, and make recommendations. That's dangerous. But then again, some people have short memories and it really doesn't matter unless you're listening to these so-called experts and investing based on what they say. I can't do that. I'm not allowed to do that. We've always said on this program that when you consider investing, do so at your own risk and never invest what you can't afford to lose. Don't bet the mortgage on anything. Here's my opinion. After a dismal fourth quarter for 2018 in the mining sector with many losses in the equities and a pessimistic or unknown outlook toward the future, I believe that sentiment has turned into optimism. It just feels a bit different, as if there will be a turning point. We don't have parabolic gold prices. We've had a rise of about $100 to $150 in the price of gold in the last year or more. It's been a gradual incline. We've had a dramatic downturn or decline in the equities, however, in some cases a 75% drop, with companies as large as Goldcorp which recently sold to Newmont, and the same with many juniors. But the price of gold is held strong and has gradually increased. Bitcoin and cannabis stocks suck the money and the life out of speculative investment in the mining sector. The economy, by all measure in North America, has been good. So what's changed, and why gold now? Why buy it? My answer? The huge gap between the price of many gold stocks and the price of gold makes no sense. China and Russia and other countries are still hoarding it. Production is not way up considering this demand. There's some consolidation in play with the demand. Publicly traded companies have to pull back when they're not able to raise money. Again, money which has gone to sectors such as Bitcoin and cannabis, which are in fact unsustainable. There will be a big turn into gold. Young people, millennials, are taking an interest into gold and silver. They're putting their money and time into it. That is a whole section of the population that's never been there before. Why? Because it is sustainable. It doesn't go away. And gold is money. And they have more money to spend now. When that happens, when the engine that drove Bitcoin in digital currency as well as cannabis takes their winnings and applies it to a dramatically suppressed, depressed gold equity market that has nowhere to go but up, watch out. My advice to you while I won't predict what the price of gold will do, although I believe we've seen its lows in the past, I will say there are plenty of cheap equities right now. Stocks that are well below a dollar or 50 cents that could easily, with attention to some of these good companies, bounce up to a dollar or two or three or more. We've seen it in the past. We've seen these 5, 10, 20 bangers. If you have money to risk and you can afford to do so, then by all means, do it. I won't tell you with whom or what companies to invest in. I can't. But do your own research. Check the management the projects, whether or not they have cash in the bank to develop their assets and take action. 
Now enjoy today's program. I'm Ellis Martin. Join me now for a conversation with James Pettit, the president and CEO of Obden Resources, trading as ABN on the TSX Venture Exchange and in the U.S. as ABNAF. Obden Resources is a Canadian gold exploration company with significant projects in British Columbia, Saskatchewan, and the Yukon. I'm visiting today with Mr. Pettit at the Vancouver Resource Investment Conference. Jim, welcome back to the program. Nice to see you here in Vancouver. Thank you very much. Nice to see you here in Vancouver. We enjoyed some nice oysters last night. I want to thank you for that. Never enough, but they were delicious. Yeah, this is a good spot for oysters. Let's catch up on what's happening with Aben Resources in the Golden Triangle in British Columbia. Well, after last season, we're doing one heck of a lot of compilation work right now. We're working on our plans for this year. It's going to be at least the size of what we just did, 10,000 meters. The success from last year was pretty striking. Came up with some pretty high-grade results in that north boundary zone. This year, we've got a new drilling permit but it's pads. The pads you can put the drill on, you have to have those permitted. We got 40 locations approved, whereas last year we were working off nine. Are you going to hit all 40 locations Uh, this year? It's actually a two-year permit, so (laughs) it would be nice. We're kicking around the idea right now of mobilizing two drills. One, to carry on doing what we're doing. We've got a better understanding of the environment of the boundary zone in general. We'd like to have one drill there, just carrying on doing what we're doing. And then the other one doing some of the exploration work that we have targets that we defined two, three years ago when we did the initial compilation study on that. And we did prioritize about 15 targets, and we're still on the first target two years later. So we want to get at some of these other targets while we're still working on the boundary. Any idea what you might find grade-wise? Well, no. (laughs) We're in the area for one reason, high-grade discovery. That's what our market's about. That's what Abin's project's about. That whole area we're in, the the Golden Triangle, you're not there for low-grade bulk tonnage stuff. You're there for high-grade. Well, let's talk about that market. It was challenging in the last quarter of last year as we trailed into Christmas and New Year's, but I'm seeing a lot of optimism at this particular conference and here in Vancouver this week. Why do you think that is? I think there is an energy in the gold market that usually foreruns most of the resource industry. There's a real buzz. Like I don't think they've ever had this many people at this show they sold out at 9,000 people I mean that's a big show for here I mean you know Roundup is the sort of the first one of the year for the industry uh, and that's attached to this it's next week this is the investment side of it so it's good to see it could be the precursor of good things to come and we can see a little bit of a pulse in the base metal prices you know I think this is kind of the start we've had false starts all along and I think that's largely because of the pot industry the alternatives right so pots run its course and everybody's back to reality. Yeah. It was one of the reasons that the uh, tax loss selling in November was so brutal. There was so much money made in the pot space, bits of money made in these crypto, whatever they are, token deals. That's sort of fallen off a cliff. Pot's rationalizing itself right now. That big money has been made. It's no different than the discovery cycle in gold. You get in early, cheap, you hit something really good, you're going to get 10 baggers, 5 baggers, whatever, in the stock price. So maybe, perhaps, we can see some sort of -of jack-in-the-box spring back. And a lot of these equities are very, very, very potentially inexpensive compared to the price of gold and where they weren't necessarily a a year ago. So it's a great potential entry point. Well, the glaring example is Gold Corp just sold out to Newmont. 12 bucks, 12 to 13 bucks. I can't remember what they said it was. Gold Corp's high was $53. That's just a reflection. There were a reflection of 
that situation. The resource industry has been on its knees for a while. So you're saying essentially what, what I know is that the equities have dropped as much as 75%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything's undervalued. And it's a great time to be picking, put that basket together with what you think are the best choices. Well, Jim, we look forward to some fantastic results this year with Auburn Resources. Thanks so much for joining me today in the program. You bet. Thanks a lot. I've been speaking with James Pettit, the president and CEO of Auburn Resources, trading as ABN on the TSX Venture Exchange and in the U.S. as ABNAF. Find their logo on our website, ellismartreport.com. I'm Ellis Martin. Did you hear something worth repeating? Find all segments of this program on our website, ellismartinreport.com. Join me now for a conversation with Brent Manich, the president and CEO of Max Resource Corporation, trading on the TSX Venture Exchange under the symbol MXR. Max Resource is a Canadian-based exploration company focused on identifying mineral assets located within the underexplored northern section of the richly endowed Andean Copper Belt of Columbia. Today, Brett joins me at the Vancouver Resource Investment Conference in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Brett, welcome to the program at the Vancouver Resource Investment Conference. Thank you, Ellis. If you don't mind, give our audience a brief overview of the company. Max Resource is a TSXV listed company. We've been halted. We start trading very soon. The company has 55 million shares. I am the CEO. We have properties in Colombia. The area is the Choco District, which is 100 kilometers southwest of Medellin, Colombia. We are in an area that is prolific in relation to gold and platinum. Goes back to the 1600s with the Greek. The Greeks sort of named it the El Dorado. We have a land holding of 1,600 square kilometres. A company named Choco Pacific from 1906 to 1990 has mined and produced 1.5 million ounces of gold, 1 million ounces of platinum over quite a wide area that our mineral applications cover or are adjacent to. The average mining depth was 8 metres, where they hit hard rock. Our focus is the hard rock. We did an announcement recently where we have seen some visual gold in some bulk samples that we did within the top of the hard rock. We did six bulk samples over an area of six square kilometres. We also did some sampling of a 12 metre outcrop, 1.5 kilometres to the south. What we're looking at is, is there consistency in the gold tenure? And if there is, we believe that we are looking at something of substantial scale. You're looking at something potentially very significant in that area, in a part of Colombia that has been marked as prolific going back several hundred years. Correct. The area that we are doing these bulk samples on is around eight square kilometres, and that's eight square kilometres of our 1,600 square kilometres of holding and our application has been over areas that have got historical mineralisation. That's a large parcel of land. When you mentioned that the stock was halted, let's do a little bit of background on that so we can bring our audience up to date. In June 2018, we announced a fundamental transaction which consisted of acquiring 100% of a subsidiary that owned a agreement between the indigenous group in Choco over an area of some 1,000 square kilometres. They had also built a $2 million 30-man exploration camp and did quite a substantial amount of work in the area. They were targeting alluvial. We are not targeting alluvial. We are targeting the hard rock. Since then, 
we have also accumulated a large land holding and we have spent close to $2 million on the area. On that particular acquisition, we look like having conditional approval, which allows us to start trading again. And in between that time, because of the land acquisitions we have completed, it's no longer a fundamental transaction. So background on that also, we raised $3 million back in June. Of that $3 million, $1 million came from a company that's related to Ivanhoe Capital, and the remaining $2 million was out of Vancouver and Toronto. So that gave us the luxury of being able to continue our exploration and land acquisitions why we were halted. Now you clearly have an Australian accent which reminds me of a company called Novo. What might the potential comparisons be here between Max and that project that got a lot of uh, amazing press I would think last year? We have a very similar exploration strategy and a very similar mining strategy. From a geological point of view it is a lot different. We believe our system is far a larger system and historically the alluvial production has been 2.5 million ounces split of gold and platinum and as far as I know there's been very little recorded gold that came from the Novo area in the West Pilbara. I understand though why it's so attractive that the underlying conglomerates that Novo have and this is because they are flat-lying they are extremely large, which means you can do exploration on the basically the surface of the deposit. And from a mining perspective, you're talking about large-scale open pit mining and gravity extraction. And that's why there's so much attraction to these huge conglomerate systems. The only challenge, and Nova had the same, is looking at the consistency of the gold and that's why they do bulk sampling so they do a bulk sampling which is essentially like a two meter drill hole we're doing the same that way you are going to get a more representative grade of the system itself when do you expect to be trading we're going through final stages of conditional approval and we expect to be trading by the end of this month. So let's encourage our audience to not only follow the Yellow Smart Report, but visit the website maxresourcecorp.com to learn when you're trading again, which should be, as you said, by the end of this month. Absolutely. And if you register on the website, we can email you news releases and updates. Well, Brett, it's a pleasure to meet you in person here at the Vancouver Resource Investment Conference. I look forward to more news very, very soon. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Alice. I've been speaking with Brent Manich, the president and CEO of Max Resource Corporation, trading on the TSX Venture Exchange under the symbol MXR. Listen to this segment again on our website, ellismartinreport.com. I'm Ellis Martin. Join me for a conversation with Maximilian Solly, the CEO of Barian Mining Corporation. Barian is a new junior exploration company focused on acquiring proven gold assets in the United States. Barian has two projects, a highly prospective Carlin-type bolo asset located near Tonpa, Nevada, and the silver and gold sleeper asset in southwestern New Mexico. I'm visiting today with Max at the company's headquarters in Vancouver, British Columbia. Max, welcome to the program. Thanks very much for having me. 
If you don't mind, give us a little background on yourself before we talk about the company. So I started off about 10 years ago as an investor. When I was in university, I would go to very successful brokers and promoters and, and CEOs of public companies' houses, and I would wax all their Ferraris and Lamborghinis, and they would all give me stock tips. And so eventually I started buying some of these stocks and doing very well. I ended up buying a stock called Petromanis, and it went from about 25 cents to 70, sold that, bought a stock called Tag Oil at $1, it went to 11. The market went down, and after a couple years of that, I decided I'm going to start doing my own deals. I figured that as an investor, it's really hard when you have an issue with a company to solve that issue. So I figured I'm going to run a company how I think a company should should be run and how investors should want a company to be run. Fantastic. And if you don't mind, you're a young man. I probably have shoes older than you, right? I'm 31 years old. And you've been in this business how long? Since I was 21. So that's 10 years. Yes, and that's 10 years in mining, correct? Yes, sir. Now, tell you don't have to call me sir, although I have white hair. I get that a lot. I don't mind. Tell us about Barian. Well, Barian is a new mining IPO. She be listed in about 10 days from now. I built a company with my best friend, Brad Telfer, who's Ian Telfer's kid. Another very good friend of mine, Jordan Trimble, who runs a few companies. One is Sky Harbor Uranium. Jordan's probably one of the most respectable kids that I know in the market. Jim Gregg runs a company called Benchmark Metals. My PGO, Chris Raffle, is fantastic. He did all of Gold Standard Ventures work, which is a $500 million company in this market. I have just a great amount of people surrounding me. We have very good resources and all together decided to build this amazing gold company. Now, what interests me is that you're 31 years old and you love gold. A lot of people your age are not aware of the market yet. They've been involved with cannabis. They've done well. They've been involved in Bitcoin. Maybe they've made and they've certainly lost money. Why gold? Why you? And why everybody should have it? I think guys my age need to understand, guys and girls my age need to understand that these short-term fads like Bitcoin, you know, how do you really value it and what is really backing it? You know, you see the thing go to $20,000 and, and then it tank after. And with no regulation, they would let you buy Bitcoin on a credit card. So people would lose their whole fortune and then have to pay this massive credit card debt. The thing I like about gold, especially in times with the economy doing what it is now, which is we're not quite at the tipping point, but I feel in the next six to nine months, gold is going to perform like we haven't seen in 10 years, which is when I got into the space and why I do love it. And I think it's a safe investment to make. You've seen the price of gold come up about 100 bucks since the summer. And I think we're going to break this $1,300 level soon. And I think after that, the game is on. And I think it's such a good commodity to buy in this day and age that young people need to buy something that is safe. There's nothing safer than gold because it's money, isn't it? Yep. Now, the price of gold has maintained itself, and it's grown, like you said, $100 during the last year, but the equities are dirt cheap. They're really ridiculously cheap. I've never seen such a, a wide gap before. You know, I watched an interview with Pierre Lazon, who founded Franco Nevada, and he said at this price, and this was when it was gold, it's about 1200 gold companies are doing very well. But no one cares about gold because it hasn't moved in seven years. And I think that now that you're kind of seeing gold come back up is people need to see that, you know what, there is a trend coming and you want to get ahead of the trend. And this is when you want to invest in gold. And now is the time. Where are the projects at with Barian? So we have two projects. The main focus is our Bolo asset in Nevada. It's about 90 kilometers northeast of Tonopah, Nevada. It's about a two and a half hour drive. It's a great project near infrastructure. There's power lines. We're just beside a highway. And this project has had previous numbers on the property. Our best hole to date is 133 meters of 1.3 grams per ton. Within that, there is 30 meters of 3.5 grams per ton. The project had 67 rotary core holes drilled in 2017. It's a great project. And we're going to go back in there with some modern geophysics, try and connect the three zones where we hit mineralization, hit gold before, and and try and find ourselves a big resource. Let's talk about New Mexico, one of my home states. 
New Mexico is a great asset. So we have a project that I renamed the Sleeper Project. And the reason why we called it the Sleeper Project is because it reminds me of a Volkswagen Golf that someone went and dropped a V8 into, and it kills you off the line when you're in your Porsche beside it. And the project is cool because on service you don't see a lot. And then you look at the old history and you realize that this project between 1905 and 1941 produced 17 million ounces of silver, almost 400,000 ounces of gold, and it's a fantastic property. So what we're going to go do is do some data compilation, update all this. If gold and, and silver come back up like I think so. I think we're going to do a good work program on that property. It's not from surface. It's a little bit deeper. That's about 50 meters and lower. So it will take a little bit more for us to get back on that property. But if the market turns, I think it's a very exciting place to be. Well, tell us about your team. So Jordan Trimble... One of my directors is a director of Sky Harbor Resources. He does uranium at the moment. The interesting thing about this project is Jordan, about six years ago, tried to get this Bolo project. And at the time, the price of gold was just a little too high. It was tough to get a deal done. When I sat down with Jordan, I said, this is a project I think that we should get for Berrien. He said, that is an awesome project. I would love to get that project. Let's go talk to Allegiant Gold and see if we can get it. We managed to get it. Jordan's been a big help with this. Brad Telfer, he's been a big help since the start. We founded the company together. Actually, the name Barry comes from my dad Barry and his dad Ian you know his dad is the chairman of Gold Corp a fantastic guy he comes from a mining background his family and I have nothing but the most respect for Brad and my whole board I think everyone on the board has really helped me out a lot with building this company Chris Raffle the founder of Apex Geos did all the gold standard ventures work in Nevada so he's very experienced in Nevada he's got teams ready to go we can get drills up to the property very quickly and the nice thing about the property is we're permitted for 77 drill pads which we can drill three holes off each pad. So once Chris comes up with the work program after we shoot some geophysics, it's on. Jim Gregg, Benchmark Metals, has been a tremendous help for me. He's helped out a lot. He introduced me to Robert Eustra, who runs Allegiant Gold. It's a small world, so everyone kind of came together, knew everybody. We're able to raise some great capital, and here we are. And how do you capitalize for all this drilling that's going to be taking place? So with the seed round, we raised about $1.1 million with some very sophisticated high net worth investors. Those same investors have to take the same dollar amount in the 20 cent IPO, which is currently being done at Haywood Securities, the Vancouver office. After everything's said and done, all fees are paid. We'll have about $4.2 million in cash with no debt. First year's work commitment is $500,000 US. Second year's is $750,000. We'll have enough cash for two years with the drill programs and with some success, we can accelerate spending to increase our option agreement and earn an agreement faster than the original terms were. Now, when the IPO is done and ready, how many shares do you expect to have? The total number of shares that will be out is about 46 million shares. And what's that price going to be? Do we know? Valuation will be about $8 million. The IPO is a 20-cent IPO, Canadian dollars. Well, Max, it's a real pleasure to see you. Thank you so much for joining us today in the program. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I've been speaking with Maximilian Solly, CEO and Director of Berrien Mining Corporation. For the Yellow Smart Report, I'm Ellis Martin. Join me for a conversation with Ben Whiting, Vice President of Exploration for Dolly Varden Silvercorp, trending as DV on the TSX Venture Exchange and DOLLF in the U.S. The company owns 100% of the Dolly Varden Mines Historic Silver property. The current favorable price of silver has renewed investor interest in this most historic of the silver mines in northwestern British Columbia in Canada. The property is best considered an advanced exploration stage play with well-understood target. Ben, welcome back to the program. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be back. We have some exciting news out of the Golden Triangle and Dolly Varden Silver. Why don't you tell us about it this morning? 
Yes, one of the best intercepts, not just on this property, but one of the best intercepts for 2018 came late in our program last season. So the drilling was done in October and we just got the results from the laboratory and put them out this morning. We hit in drill core over 75 meters of 419 grams per tonne silver. So for our American listeners, you might want to think about 75 meters as being about uh, 245 feet thick. So that's a healthy thickness of intercept. The true thickness based on the geometry of the deposit would come in at about 65 meters. So most of that, so over 90% of that would be a, a true thickness. So in what's been a tough market for precious metals over the last quarter of last year, in fact, if not the whole year, this portends very, very well for 2019, especially with the type of grade that you've picked up and over that spread of, as you say, 75 meters or 240 feet for our American listeners. This is very, very good news. Oh, it certainly pleased me when I was seeing the assays coming in and we did our QAQC work and it's looking really good. If you compare it to some of the historic work that was done in the area, it's very similar and the historic production from this area had about an 85% recovery on silver from the old Torbert mine. And so we're looking at the metallurgical conditions would be favorable for this kind of a setting as well. So what is the plan for the company going forward now? What's the next step? The next step that we are looking at is updating some metallurgical testing for two of the zones on the property and laying out the program for the next season. We have an independent qualified people for the resource update and they will be receiving some of that data later this month to start their work. Because as you know, when you're updating a resource assessment for the stock exchange, it has to be done by independent qualified scientists and engineers that are separate from the company. So that's a process that'll be coming during the springtime and we'll be planning for next season. We've seen an uptick in silver prices this morning, today, and lately, as a matter of fact. When you're looking at a commodity that's been struggling during uh, good economic times, and we don't know exactly what the economics are for the next year across the market. We can suspect that they might be definitely an upswing for precious metals. When you're looking at that, what kind of flexibility do you have as an exploration and development company when it applies to how you structure your business plan going forward? One of the things you might look at uh, from today's release is that within the 75 meters, there was a higher grade core. That higher grade core was 16 meters or 52 feet if you prefer of 1.24 kilograms of silver per ton. So not just grams but kilograms, 1,240 grams per ton. The last resource estimate for its cutoff was 150 grams. So even if silver prices were to dip, this drill hole intercept is a solid high-grade intercept in anybody's book. It's really making us pleased at this time. It's a great intercept. As far as intercepts go, I would say this ranks uh, amongst some of the highest in worldwide, including some of the intercepts that were coming out of Silvercrest this past season. Well, Ben, it's always a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you so much for joining us today in the program. A great way to start off the new year. Uh, A great way to have it, and I look forward to a wonderful exploration season for 2019. I've been speaking with Ben Whiting, Vice President of Exploration for Dolly Varden Silver Corp., trading as DV on the TSX Venture Exchange and DOLLF in the U.S., and the company is a paid sponsor of this program. Find Dolly Varden on our website, ellismartreport.com. 
You've just heard opinion, commentary, and dissertation involving publicly traded companies seeking your potential investment. They paid us for the proof. Invest at your own risk and only after doing extensive research. Find our sponsors and listen to segments of this program again on our website, ellismartinreport.com.